What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies Podcast. We got the whole crew tonight. Candace, David, Isaac. Post game, we're going to talk about two games. We're talking about Friday night's game against the Heat and then the loss tonight against the Orlando Magic. Final score of tonight's game, 109-105 Orlando Magic win. Final score of Friday night's game was 111-108. to And Candace was kind of making a point before we went live here about these two games were pretty similar. The, the Grizzlies were down the majority of the game for both of these and then made a push at the end to try and win the game. They were not able to do it either time. And my my biggest concern right now, uh, Isaac, I think you said defense was yours, and that that's obviously yeah. a concern missing a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. But for the offseason focus to be shooting, yep. well. it doesn't seem like De- – Desmond Bain <laughs> shot the ball well tonight. You, Finally, you the box because he's score. been struggling. Yeah, he, he's been struggling, but he shot the ball well, and Conchar shot the ball well, and everybody else was terrible from three. Seems like the same old song and dance that we saw all season last season. You have Desmond Bain that can knock down the threes, and then everybody else can't spell shooting out there. So I, I know that you're going to say defense is your biggest concern, but do you not have any concern at all with the shooting? Do you feel like this is something that remedies itself? And if your answer to that question is yes, please tell me what you're seeing that I'm not. Well, I mean, they're both concerns. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. But I think the thing about it is that we've seen this team still be able to win games and not be a great three-point shooting team. I mean, we, we've seen that. Um, and so I think defense especially, I mean, you don't have Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, that's the anchor of your defense. He's the guy that everything kind of runs through on the end of the floor. But as I've said all offseason, and a lot of people disagree with me, the loss of Kyle Anderson and Anthony Melton is going to be felt on this team, especially on the defensive end. Um, I, I think throughout the season, not having those two guys outside of Dylan Brooks, those are your best two perimeter defenders. And you don't have anybody now that's proven on that end. Like when I talk about this, you have people all, oh, well, LaRavia is going to do this. Roddy's going to do this. It's not going to be a problem. Zaire is going to step up and take that next step. And maybe that happens. Maybe that happens. But we don't know that. We, Conchar, we know Conchar is not melting defense. He's just, it's just not going to happen. He's not going to be melting on a defensive end. And I think to expect that would be a, a fool's errand. It's not going to happen. So, I mean, to me, I just think we've seen this team win games again with struggling to make shots at times. I think the defensive end is kind of one of the things that this team hung their hat on. And right now, especially without Jared and, and then those two losses, I think that's going to even heighten those two losses. I, I think it's going to be a struggle, especially early in the season. I'm, I'm concerned uh, about the defense. I don't know how they get stops because you just see tonight, I think the length of, of Orlando bothers them a lot in this game uh, with, with those throws, three guys. They started at the three, four, five, but I, I just, especially me, you and Orlando is not a good team and, and they were able to I notice preseason and a lot of times veteran guys, their focus is not there, but they weren't able to get stops for most of the night outside of that late in the game where they kind of just tried to lock down. Even still, uh, Rock Wagner was able to hit that big three there to kind of, that's kind of what sealed the game. Uh, but I, I think defensively, man, that's right now. That's my biggest concern. It's not the shooting is not a concern. I just think if if you're gonna tell me to pick one of the one of the other, I think defense is probably my biggest biggest concern right now. I, I think I'm more along the lines with David in the sense of 
you know, I'm, I'm with, I agree with you, Isaac, because defense is a concern. But I guess for me, I always knew that was going to be the case, given Jerry and Jackson's absence, absence, given the loss of Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Milton. I did figure that there was going to be a drop off defensively, but all of the moves that they made were to increase three point shooting. For example, the inconsistency of DeAnthony Milton and his not his inability to really show up in the playoffs. They decided to move on from that. Kyle Anderson and his shooting. They decided to move on from that. And they replaced them with rookies who they felt like would be able to shoot at a high clip and just basically do nothing else. But if they didn't do anything else, the Grizzlies felt like they could do more. But if they didn't do anything else, they could be able to come in and make shots around Ja. They gave Conchar more minutes. They gave him an extension because they thought he would be able to provide more shooting. And I just haven't seen it. So given the gravity of the emphasis on the offseason, Right now, they're at the same place and or worse off than they were. And it's still a preseason. So, you know, that could change. They get their legs under them, et cetera, et cetera. But right now, based off of what we've seen, and it has been a pattern, that's my biggest concern because that was supposed to be the point of the offseason. They they accepted the drop-off defensively to increase offense, and that's not what we're seeing on the court. I don't disagree with that at all. Like, I mean, you guys know my thoughts on – kind of how the guys they drafted, not that these guys can't be good. It's just I still feel like that they should have went out and added a veteran piece or two, guys that are proven in the NBA that can either play perimeter defense or, or knock down shots of both three and D guys. I feel like they're missing a guy, too, because I, I still feel like they're going to have to de- depend on these rookies at some point to, to come in and be productive in, in, in those two different areas. And right now, even in preseason and summer league, as far as, consistently they haven't shown that they can do that um and, and a lot of people are just for some reason assuming that like I've, I've i had somebody tell me what's yesterday that uh david roddy is already better than half the team like it was defensively like they were great defensively in college and i'm like they were okay defensively but neither one of those guys are expected to be defensive juggernauts like and people are thinking they're just gonna fill in seamlessly and come in and be these great players and i and, and i think people saw what, what happened with desmond bain and i think a lot of people feel like every time the Grizzlies draft somebody, they're gonna they're gonna have a Desmond Bain like impact year one, and that's just not gonna be the case. I, I keep trying to tell people that, keep warning them, but they they're thinking that these guys are just gonna fill in and play defense day one, and that's just what worries me. And again, they're not making shots either, and that was according to Zach Kleiman, that was their emphasis, and those guys haven't shown the ability to do that. You know, there's plenty of time, but between now and the, and the postseason. And if you go back to the beginning of last year, the first 20 games of the season, this team was awful. And, you know, like their defense was terrible. There was a lot of stuff that had to be figured out. And then something somewhere just clicked. You know, I I know that Taylor Jenkins got sick of kind of the, the media asking the questions. Hey, you know, what about this or what's going on here? Are you concerned about that? And we just kept getting the same kind of coach speak is, you know, just give it time. Just give it time. We got to the 20 games, uh, the the 20 game mark of the season. And everybody's like, you know, okay, we're a fourth of the way into the season here. How much time do you want us to afford you here? And it turned around, you know, that they ended up tying the regular season record for most wins in a season. I don't know that I'm convinced that this team this season can do that. You know, I projected that they were going to win 50 games this year, and that was the highest out of the three of us. But even to get to that, 
there's a there's a massive step that has to happen and I, I don't know where it comes from. The unfortunately with it being on NBA TV, we were having to listen to the Orlando Magic announcers, or I had to. I don't know if you all locally had to or not. Yeah. But I, I yeah, had to I listen to the Orlando the Orlando Magic announcers. And they were talking about, you know, who else is it going to be? Who's going to be the guy? You expect growth from John Morant. You expect some more growth from Desmond Bain. Who is going to be that third player that goes to the next level for them in order for them to take the next step? They mentioned Jaron Jackson Jr., but we don't know for sure when he's going to be back. So we were expecting the defense to be bad, but based off of the moves that we made, we were expecting the shooting to be better. That has not been the case. Free throws were a big issue in the heat game. It was driving me nuts up there. I was ready to just leave the forum and not even go to the post game, but it's preseason. So I'm not going to get too high or too low on it, but definitely some things that are, are concerning whenever it comes to this team early on in the season. I, I think, think oh, go ahead, Candace. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think that for me, my biggest my biggest concern was the Jerry injury. But outside of that, the lack of guard depth was a issue for me. So like Isaac was talking about in terms of going out to get somebody right now, that's still a clear place of need. You know, John Conchar is playing extended minutes and I still haven't seen the ability for him to be able to do anything more with those minutes than he did when he was playing, you know, you know, maybe 11th guy or something like that. Like, you know, ninth guy, if it was a good night for him, you know, to that tonight, he took, yeah. see was he somebody got the box score for tonight I, i'm looking at the mark Ten, he was yeah. two for five tonight he took five, five shots yeah. Yeah. So, and then a lot of those were in the fourth quarter and he did help out you know in the fourth yeah but he, I big like corner he, three to that. he had a great fourth quarter he really did after struggling through the first through the first three quarters but that's my thing in that john conchar has always been a good player who can provide that juice for you and sometimes he can provide that juice and close out games but does he need, you know, 18, 20 plus minutes in order to do that? I don't think so. I think that that needs to go somewhere else so that Bain doesn't have to, Bain and Moran don't have to carry that offensive load the way that I think they are right now. Yeah, and I, I hate to be just seems like we're being negative uh, right now. I know it's preseason and I know it's still hope springs eternal. Uh, but another thing that I think people are not really giving credit for is that even when Jaron comes back, what is he going to look like? I mean, he's yeah. missed the entire offseason. I mean, he had this – Taylor Jenkins said he gave him this book of vitamins, as, as he calls them, things that he needs to work on to, to improve his game. And he hasn't been able to do those things. Um, and it, it's going to take some time. I mean, coming back from a big man, you talk about coming back from a foot injury, you got seven foot tall. I don't think he's just going to come back out there immediately and look like Jaron. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to take some time. And, and you know the Grizzlies kind of – do this ramp up stuff and you we don't know what his minutes are going to be like. He might be playing, but playing limited minutes. So that's going to take some time as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of questions uh, going into this season. And again, those have been kind of my concerns. A lot of people are a lot more optimistic than I am. I predicted 47 wins. I don't think it's going to take this team from second seed in the West to a play-in team or anything like that. I still think this team finishes somewhere in the top five, whether that's four or five, that's kind of where I have them. I, I just think there are a lot of questions. Uh, going to the season and for me I just I don't I don't get the offseason I I just feel like a team that finished where they finished you shouldn't be coming into this season with this many questions I know Jaron 
being out, that makes even more questions. But I think even if Jared was playing, I still think there would be some questions with this team as far as Candace said, the guard depth and the defense having those guys on the perimeter that can guard and, and guys that can make shots. Uh, like you said, I mean, Zach Lyman said they were going out to get these guys that can make shots. And, I mean, LaRavia's numbers were decent in, in, in college uh, at Wake Forest. But, again, he was a guy that they had to import to shoot the ball. Uh, and, and David Roddy's numbers look great, but I don't feel like he's a guy that's going to be a knockdown shooter. Like he's a guy that's going to say, this guy's a three-point shooter. Maybe he develops into that, even though his numbers look fantastic. I think he shot like 44% uh, from three at Colorado State on pretty decent volume, but I, I just don't think he projects as a guy that's just going to be lined up just bumming from three. I mean, he's a guy that'll be capable of hitting threes. I think he'll be a guy kind of maybe in a, in a Dylan Brooks vein that can knock down threes, but if he's hot, but there are going to be other times where he's going to be taking shots, he's not going to make them. So it's there are questions for sure. I think on the off- offensive side and the defensive side of the ball, I mean, I just, you just think you got John Morant, man. You just kind of have to, to look at that and, and see what happens. But I, I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle, especially until Jerry gets back and gets integrated back into, into the thing. Yeah, I mean, they're just going to out-talent some teams, right? They're just yeah. going to be flat-out better than some teams. But they're, you know, on the, the, the other hand, there's going to be teams where that's not going to be the case. And so it's going to be more work. You know, you, you talk about us kind of being negative. Like, one of the biggest positives so far from the preseason, I would have to say, is, is Santi Aldama. Yep. You know, yep. that's... Um, I was thinking that. You know, we we can talk about like the shortcomings of this team, and there there's a lot to speak on there. But the question about who was going to start at the four was very cloudy heading into you know the summer league and then preseason. Uh, you know, a lot of fans, uh, maybe the Grizzlies had an idea of what they were going to do, but even us as media members, we were not a hundred percent sure. I was confident that Brandon Brandon Clark was not going to be the starter heading into it, even though a lot of people were kind of pushing for that. Um, the 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 areas where him and Steven Adams cross paths a lot, I, I think become an issue. And, and in short spurts, you can play them on the floor together. But overall, I think you're going to see Steven Adams coming off the floor as Brandon Clark is coming on the floor just because you you don't need those two guys on the floor at the same time. And so it left big questions. Were you going to see – you know, Aldama, who had limited minutes and who had looked rough, you know, we were not really sure what he was going to be able to do. Was it going to be Jake LaRavia, brand-new rookie coming out? Uh, you know, is he going to be able to do enough defensively to be out there on the floor? Or is it going to be David Roddy? And then, you know, at media day, Taylor Jenkins mentioned Xavier Tillman. And if you're starting Xavier Tillman – you're kind of in the same boat that you were in with Kyle Anderson, only worse. You know, like Tillman is not going to be a three-point shooter. He he has proven that. We see that he's not going to be able to effectively knock down the three. He is a, a decent defender. But, you know, if we're comparing apples to apples here, Kyle Anderson wins that matchup in a landslide. And so you, you a huge hole with Jaron being out was, I think, amplified because of the lack of a replacement on this roster. Yeah, and I, I think it I think it also kind of throws off the situation because Jaron was the, usually closed at the five. Um, mm-hmm. and you didn't have Steven Adams on the floor a lot in those late game situations. So now that's a question. 
uh, how are you going to handle that situation? Because Adams sometimes didn't even play a whole lot in the second half. They played Jared most of the time with those lineups, and that you're not going to be able to do that either. So that's going to be something that they have to handle. I, I just think, in, and when you talk about this second unit, um, and if you kind of look at these preseason games and kind of the, the especially those last two, uh, it's been Tyus Jones, John, John Conchar, uh, Zaire Williams, I guess, He's a LaRavia Roddy. I think they're pushing for it to be LaRavia because he's the guy they took early as they moved up to get him. So I think they would like for it to be him along with BC. With you not having kind of that better, those veteran presence, guys like Deontay Belton and Kyle Anderson, I don't know if I would kind of do a five, five in, five out type. I don't know if I would want all five of those guys on the floor at the same time. I think I would try to stagger that a little bit. If I'm taking tickets throughout the game, maybe play LaRavia with. Steven Adams sometimes play BC with Aldama sometimes. I don't know if I would want all five of those guys on the floor at one time because, I mean, that's – again, you just don't have that veteran presence. I mean, that's a lot of – outside of Tyus Jones, um, I guess you say BC with that group. I, I just think that they should stagger that a little bit so you don't have all those five guys, five guys on the floor at, at one time so you don't lose as much. Um, I, I was just kind of looking at that. I'm not completely sold on, on that five-man unit. Um, it's just, again, man, I, I just kind of go back to what I was saying all offseason. I just really feel like they need one or two more veteran guys off that bench. I just think they're going to be dependent on guys that they just haven't seen do these things too much for a team that has designs on playing at the level, that they, at an elite level. You just depend. There's too many questions, with especially with your bench. I know people say, oh, well, in the playoffs, that's not going to matter. But regular season matters. And, and there's going to be times you, you hope not, but you – expect there's going to be times where guys go down. You expect Ja with the way he plays with reckless abandon and his size. And sometimes he's probably going to miss games at times. And last year, because of that depth, this team was able to, to go out and continue to win basketball games. I'm not as confident now with the way the roster shapes up now that if guys go down, some of your main guys, that you have those pieces, they can just come in seamlessly and continue to win ball games. Would you say – would you agree or disagree – if I was to say, it's safe to say that they're not going to go out and get any vets. Oh, I, I think they're done. I, I agree with you. I don't think, barring something crazy, I, I don't think, I think this is the roster uh, that they're, that they're going to go into season with. I'm not saying that they can't be moved during the year. Um, I, I think we talked on the last podcast uh, about Dylan Brooks and, and maybe they decide that's something that they, by the time the deadline comes around, that they want to want to pursue moving him if they're not going to pay him. Um, and maybe you add, uh, uh, well, I'm drawing drawing a blank here. Um, Danny Green. Danny Green, yeah. <laughs> add, add Danny Green uh, to that mix. If he looks like he's a guy that's not going to be able to, to come back for you, that might be a package that you can move at the deadline and maybe get some of your big expiring and Dylan Brooks and, and Danny Green, another expiring that you can move to a team and, and, and get something that way. But as far as right now, I don't expect them to – I don't expect them to do anything else. I think this is kind of the roster that they're going with because I think they're they're in on these rookies uh, for for better or worse. I mean, we kind of felt questions about Zaire going to the season, and we saw that they had their own plan, man. They were going to stick with them, and I think it ended up paying off in the end. But but right now, I think there are definitely some questions there. But I think this front office, I think with their plan, they plan to kind of go young, man. I don't think this is by mistake or anything. I think by design, they – moved on for those two veterans and they're going to ride with these rookies for better or worse. 
my biggest question that I have right now, and, and maybe they don't play anybody all in this next game. I, I thought it was going to be the opposite that they rest everybody this game and play them all in, in the next game. But I, I'm just wondering, do these starters have gotten a lot more minutes than yeah. anybody thought shocked. they would get, especially given right, especially given that they drafted five rookies, and in the regular season, there's not going to be a lot of time to see those guys. So it was it was pretty obvious to me that this would be the opportunity similar to summer league to to really get those guys some real run. But in it, my initial thought is wondering if they're playing a lot of these guys out of concern for, yeah. I don't know, just making sure that they're coming in hot. But John Morant played 32 minutes today. Bain played 30 minutes today. Dylan Brooks played 32 minutes today. And John Contra played 25. And it's preseason. So I, I – that's abnormal, especially in a preseason game. I mean, it's not too often that that uh that Jenkins likes to really go over thirty minutes for anybody except for Ja, for that matter. Let alone in a preseason game. I just wonder if he's not saying things. Even in his comments, his interviews, he's implied that they'll sort of give the other guys a run for some time. Now we just haven't seen that, and I I want I just my instinct is that there he's seeing some concerns there that he feels like these guys need to get a run or get their legs under them more or get some time together or something. But I think if everything was, was, it was as optimistic as we hoped in terms of outcome, I don't think we'd be seeing these guys play this much, if at all. Yeah. I think you, you must read my mind. Cause I was thinking that same exact thing tonight. I tweeted out. I was like, I'm surprised that they're starting the guys again. Cause I was even surprised that they started them last game. I, right. I, I know in Jenkins and how they usually handle these things. They just usually you would think maybe the starters playing two out of the five games. Um, and I didn't think they would do it back to back. I thought they play in their first home preseason game and then maybe one of these games on the road and that would be it. I, I, I agree with Candace. I think there must be some concern here. I think them not having those veteran guys on the bench and a lot of young guys, I think they want to make sure that these starters are at their max because I, they know they're going to need them even more so than maybe they needed them in the past. I definitely think there's some concern there between because you just, Taylor Jenkins, I mean, 30, 30 plus minutes for these guys and you're talking about preseason. I mean, that's just not how they usually handle things. So I think there has to be some concern there. So I agree with Ken. I definitely think that's probably what's going on here. Is it that or is this, he knew that this was going to be their last preseason game. So he just ran them out there. He like, you know, played them extended minutes here. Because he knows on you know Thursday night whenever they play with the is it the Bucks on Thursday, Detroit, on thir- D- Detroit the Pistons, you know he knows on Thursday he's not going to play the starters. It's going to be the young guys out here playing, so he just let them get a full run. Uh, you know during tonight. I don't know, game. man. It's a three. It's three, three games in a row, man. Maybe three, three games in a row. I just and, three know, games like in a row. Yeah, just, just, just real quick, just an opponent that they already played too. Yeah, yeah. Like I was I mean, shocked. I mean, but, well, yeah, I, when they I when they were in the starting lineup sure. tonight, I was I was shocked. Like I I didn't I didn't because I didn't expect them to play at all tonight. I thought this would be kind of like what we saw against Milwaukee in that first preseason game. I just noticed coaching staff and the way that they usually handle things. They just they're not going to play the starters in the preseason three games in a row. That's just not how they think. Because they're very cautious and worried about guys getting injured. And you mm-hmm. I mean, John Morant, which you said thirty two minutes tonight. Uh, Desmond Bain thirty two minutes. Uh, D- Dylan Brooks thirty one minutes. I don't. I don't, I'm trying to remember. I could be wrong, but I don't think we've ever seen these guys play play like they played tonight in a preseason game. I don't. Last year, I don't remember 
their starters playing that much in games. I, and I, I don't think they even played – they might have not even played the regular rotation guys in three games mm-hmm. uh, out of the five games last year, if I can remember. This is definitely different than what we're used to seeing from this coaching staff. And they hinted that they would be in the offseason before even – maybe even before media day. But I remember there being an emphasis about – making sure they can serve their bodies this year, making sure they can make it through an 82-game season, that health was a point of emphasis. And so to me, it just seems like a shift from what was discussed before, where it sounded like, honestly, I was wondering if they even did a little load management during the season. But something seems to have changed from even the language that they were using before. Because you even saw at the end of the game tonight, like he went back to the starters, and I was surprised. I mean, I know that you – Possibly he had an opportunity to try to come back and win the game, but that's just not usually the top concern when it comes to preseason. And he put put the, put those guys back in, man, late, late in that game to try to make a comeback. And usually that's just not, especially the good teams. Like you might see the, the bad teams like Lando and some other teams play their guys more, but the, the kind of elite teams, they don't usually do stuff like we saw tonight in the preseason. Once those starters go out, if you're down 10 points, 9 points with 5 minutes left in the preseason game, they're not going to bring those starters back in. This is not something that you usually see. So I, I was kind of surprised by that. I do think that there is, is some concern there that to make sure these guys are, are at their max going to the season ready for, for next week because I, I feel like they're not as confident in some of those guys coming out the bench. Yep. But I'm oh, sorry, David, you have anything to add on that one? No, no, no. You can go ahead. I was just waiting. You guys are going back and forth. I'm <laughs> just sitting here chilling and enjoying the conversation, <laughs> honestly. I mean, you you guys were making a lot of the same points that I would have made in that conversation. You know, like the, I, I, and I don't. I'm kind of I'm on the fence a little bit. Like I said, you know, I'm, I mentioned the thing of okay, this is going to be kind of like the last dress rehearsal, but maybe it's not. Maybe you know, maybe they play in, in Thursday night's game against Detroit. Maybe he is playing them. You know, uh, Bain had struggled offensively and hadn't really found his rhythm. He talked about in the. Uh, Friday night in that postgame presser after the heat game, he said physically he's in a better spot this year than what he was at the beginning of the season last year. He just needs to get his legs under him. John Morant and the the practice that Candace went to, he mentioned that, you know, get, getting his legs under him. And mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe this is part of that. Maybe it's not, maybe it is some, you know, they're not seeing what they want to see. So they're putting these guys out here for extended minutes. Um, you know, I, I don't know that Jitty's role is going to be 25 minutes a game. I just don't see when, when everybody is healthy, I, I don't see where he has 25 minutes available because yeah. you know, if you, if you play Zaire Williams, Zaire's going to be in that. I, I would imagine 25 to 28 minutes, may, maybe even North of that. And so that's going to limit some of these other guys, what they're going to get. And we saw Tyus Jones and John Morant play side by side together and play well like that. So, you know, I've, I know that Taylor Jenkins is a, a man of habit. Like he likes the 10 man rotation. So that's probably what we're going to see. You know, you saw an 11 man rotation tonight with the team, but in the regular season, it's going to be a 10 man rotation. It's going to be extremely interesting to see who that is while Jaron Jackson is out and then how does that change when Jaron Jackson returns? Because when, when you look at the guys that are playing tonight, we, we have um, Zaire is not playing tonight. 
So you can go ahead and scratch one of these guys, whether it's Laravia or Roddy, scratch one of them out. And then when Jaron Jackson comes back, that moves Santi to the bench. And as well as he has been playing, I think that you have to play him. I, you have to. And there's nothing Laravia or Roddy, they, they have not done anything for me to, like when Jaron comes back, oh, I'm, I'm going to move Aldama straight to the bench and these guys are going to play over top of him. Because when, when it comes to shooting the ball, even though he was 0 for 3 from 3 tonight against the Magic, I would rather have Aldama out there than either one of those other two guys. I think that he has playmaking skills are probably pretty close between the three. You can you can give the edge one way or the other, whether you think it's Roddy or Laravia. But and he's I, bigger, he's taller yeah, as like, well, uh, longer. And he he's doing like there was one play specifically tonight where he came help side, he got the block, and he's been doing that. He's his defensive yeah. rotations have looked good. The defense is not there. There's a hole right now, but we know what that is. So we don't need, you know, I, I've said this before. I don't want to be a broken record, but we don't need Aldama. The Grizzlies do not need Aldama to be Jaron Jackson Jr. Right. They need him to be a serviceable defender out there, protect the rim, make the guy like challenge people when they come to the rim. You don't have to block a ton of shots. You're almost seven foot tall. You got a big wingspan, go up, stay tall, make them alter their shot. If they make a tough shot, they make a t- tough shot. But more often than not, you're going to see them miss when you challenge it properly. So th- there's still a boatload of questions for this team in rotation. So like, what do you guys think the odds are that, that we see rotation-type minutes for all of these guys heading into this next game on Thursday? I mean, it's going to be interesting uh, what happens on Thursday. Again, I'm not going to make any predictions on it because, again, man, I would have sworn that they were going to kind of go back to that that game one against Milwaukee kind of rotation with the young guys, Kenneth Lofton Jr. and all those guys playing tonight. And, and starters, not only did they play, they got uh, close to record season minutes tonight. And that's something that I definitely didn't expect. So maybe we'll see. I, I think if you see the starters play again on Thursday, I think that really gives kind of credence to what me and Candace were, were discussing. Uh, but I, I got a feeling that they probably don't. Uh, the starters probably don't play on Thursday night. Usually in that last preseason game, if they do play in that game, I think it's pretty pretty sure that there's something going on there. Uh, but I, I think to your point about Aldama, uh, not to change subject here, but I've been impressed with him. You, he's not going to be Jared defense, but I don't think anybody expects that. But his help side defense has been pretty good. He's got a couple of those blocks in every game. Had one a night, had one in the last game, or maybe two um, in a game against Miami. Uh, and that's something that, we hadn't seen from him. Well, we hadn't really seen anything from him on the defensive end prior to this season. Uh, so, so there's definitely been growth there. You just need him to be adequate uh, and just not be a sieve um, on, on that end. And and that's probably the best that you could hope for. And hopefully, he knocked down shot. Didn't knock him down tonight, but has been knocking him down going back to Vegas and, and here early in the preseason. So, I, I don't think anything that we've seen from Aldama. You look at the Ravian Roddy Aldama between those three are, are is the guy. No question about it. I mean, he brings more size, more length, um, more ability to knock down shots. I think he's been in the system. I think that extra year is showing. I just don't think LaRavia and Roddy are really ready to give you a lot right now. So I think Aldama's the guy, even when Jaron comes back, I think Aldama, for me, is going to be that guy off the bench between yeah. those three guys. 100% agree. 
100% agree. And I that's a huge thing because that was the one that, that was the biggest question mark looming before the preseason. And that's the one question we have an answer to. There are a lot of other there were a lot of other smaller questions that I think now have become bigger questions since that has been solved. And those are no closer to resolution. But um, Adama has been a positive. I, another positive that I paid attention to, uh, as you guys know, I'm monitoring, monitoring closely Dylan Brooks. And um, he tied John Morant with assists for tonight. So I want to give give him some credit for that. He, you know, and some he could have had more probably some shots that just didn't go down. Nobody could shoot tonight. I'm sure John would have had a whole lot more assists as well had people been able to shoot tonight. But I, I saw some good passes from him outside of that. He, he went tunnel vision at one point in the preseason. I want to say it was the second game or, or was gets first, the first game against Orlando Maddox. He did sort of have this, you know, tunnel vision kind of warp speed moment. But outside of that, you can see he's been intentional. I think uh, DeMichael Cole got a quote from him basically saying he wanted to average about, I think it was either three or four assists or four or five assists, something like that. You want to average close to four assists this season, which I thought was interesting, but um, that seems to be the case. And, it's, it's always positive to see Dylan Brooks leading the team in assists. I did want to mention this before I forgot, man. And how about how about Desmond Bain? Like he did this a lot last yeah. year, but the way he's changing ends, man, when he gets downhill going toward the basket, man, good luck in, in stopping him. I mean, he's like a blur uh, out there when he tucks the ball like a running back, man, gets to gets to the hole, man. So I noticed that several times tonight when he gets the ball, man, he he's going to the basket uh, with with full force. And I think that's another element to this offense that that they need, another way that they can score outside of him knocking down shots, man, him getting to the basket. Because, I mean, he doesn't even give time to defense, time to set. It's hard to stop. Usually he's going to score or he's going to get fouled when he does that. So I just want to give shout-out to that because it's like he's even improved. We saw it times last year, but it's like he's even faster this year. Yeah, so for I, sure. I think, that, I think they underestimate his speed, too. Mm-hmm. There was – it was one of the Wagners. I don't know if it was if it was Mo. He gets that go. Like that that's a, it's a weird matchup if it was Mo, but I think it was Franz. Uh Bain got the ball and the uh, he was just flat footed and Bain blew right past him straight to the basket. Just you know, he thought that Bain was gonna shoot, so he was getting ready to contest the shot, and Bain just goes straight to the bucket for an easy layup. And he can he can really move and, and that's you know, coming out of the draft, you get the tag of, you know, oh, he's he's a shooter. He's just a shooter, yeah. And, you know, I, I that's why I, I don't know that we see a leap from him in the size that we saw last season, but him getting to that, you know, all-star type player this year is not out of the question to me. Uh, you know, he's got all the tools. You know, he can, he can obviously shoot the ball, but his ability to break people down off the dribble is, is fantastic. And I think that's a, an underrated part of his game. And he's got good vision, too. He only had one assist tonight in, in the game against the Magic. But there are plenty of times when he gets downhill and he he makes the right pass. He finds the right guy. And so, you know, th- that um, g- gives you your your backcourt of John Morant and Desmond Bain. I would uh, put them up against any backcourt in the league right now because, you know, like you, you can have a conversation, with, you know, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head that I would pick over those two. The, but, the, I, you know, the Jonte Murray, uh, trade, yeah, Jonte Murray, Trey Long. That's, that's, what, that's the, the one that most are, people bring up, yeah, right? When you say that, right? Yeah, I mean that that's that's really solid as well, and that's you know, on like you can't have a top backcourt in the league conversation 
and not include these two guys. You, you yeah. just can't do it. So I, I want I'm I got another question for you. We were kind of talking about rotation stuff. Let's say J- Jaron is back. Jenkins stays with a ten man rotation. We can pretty well assume that X is going to be one of the men that was in the rotation tonight that is out. Who's next? And like, is it Roddy or Laravia? Who who has done enough in this preseason, like through the summer league and the preseason games? Who has done enough for you that you say this is for sure going to be the tenth man in this rotation? Uh, I agree with Isaac. I, I don't think either one of the rookies get in with the ten man role because tonight they play eleven guys. So I don't think either one of these guys. I, I think it's Aldama. I think he becomes that that guy, and you don't really see Laravia or Roddy unless it's injury, and that's probably you know how you'd you want it you think x stays in the rotation then because you got 11 guys jaron comes back makes 12 you're 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 dumping two uh, i think i think the season will progress i agree i do i like what, what isaac said earlier in terms of right now they like laravia they want him to be that guy yeah i have a question about if it ultimately will be him i think it's yeah. a very strong possibility that roddy will outperform him when it's all said and done by the time we get that far down, down the season, just because Roddy seems to flow better with the offense. He seems to be more comfortable with the offense. He seems to be a little bit more comfortable making um shots off. You know, you know, Laravia needs to be exactly square to the basket in order to really be able to make the shot. If, if he's square to the basket, it's money. But most of the cases, because it's the NBA, um, he's not. And so Roddy, I think, will have a better chance. He'll be hot and cold, I agree, or inconsistent. But I think with all the other things he adds, his physicality he seems to have a little bit more of a dog kind of mentality to him. And he he might end up shoving out Laravia. Well, it should be Kenneth Flopping Jr., but we know that's not gonna happen. But <laughs> but between but between those two guys, I think I don't think in, in the preseason and summer league, either one of them have done anything to kind of separate themselves from the others. They're Roddy has had, has had some, some really nice games. Arabia has had some nice games. He had a nice game in that preseason opener against Milwaukee. Uh, but I think even projecting forward, I just think Roddy, even to me, just looking at him and, and projecting forward, I think Roddy projects as the better player. Uh, that's just kind of my opinion right now, and I, I just think uh, I agree with Candace. I think if it plays out, I think it's probably going to bear stuff out, it, it, at least this year, that Roddy is probably more suited to compete for you and, and, and be and, and be productive right now. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it. So if I had to pick one of those guys, I think they're going to push Arabia because they moved up to get him and, and, and kind of I've laid out kind of about those two trades and how that happened. So I think it's kind of some politics in the work there. It seems like they're pushing Arabia, but I, I really do think Roddy of those two right now, I would pick to be that guy. Okay. So what happened for you? Because I, I know like when we were doing the draft stuff, Roddy was like Laravia was one of your ten guys that you would mind seeing on this Grizzlies team, and there you know we we've talked about that like there were guys ahead of him, and now you're thinking like you like Roddy over Laravia right now. What happened that made you kind of shift gears there? Because while Laravia is not really knocking down the shots like we would like to see him doing, he has been disruptive on the defensive end of the floor. Well, for me, when even discussing those 10 guys that that I like, like I said, LaRavia, I had 10 guys that I like for the Grizzlies at those two spots there late in the first round. Even if they had got my number one guy, which I can't remember who that was right now, uh, 
somebody that wasn't going to be there right there. I think it was uh, the guy Williams. Yeah, I think it was right. Yeah, it was Jalen Williams. I think Jalen Williams was number one. I wasn't expecting them to have to lean on any of these guys. Like, I was expecting them to have to play. Um, At that point, I wasn't thinking, okay, they're going to lose both Kyle and DeAnthony Melton, and you're going to have to have a rookie playing. So, I mean, that kind of changed changed everything for me once they moved up to get LaRavia and kind of made the second move, move, move DeAnthony Melton, come back in and get David Roddy. Um, I just, and from what I've seen, I just feel like David Roddy is more ready to compete right now. I think LaRavia, the thing that I liked about him was more so not being disruptive on the defensive end, but the fact that he could knock down shots. I thought that was going to be the case, and if they drafted him, that was going to be the deal, and we haven't seen that so far. I mean, it's not that he can't do it, and we're, this is super early. We're talking preseason, summer league, but he just hasn't shown it a building. If he's not knocking down shots, I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's been times where he's been disrupted, but I, I feel like Roddy overall gives you more right now as far as I think the same shooting ability. I think I trust Roddy just as much as I trust LaRavia to knock down a three-pointer right now. And I feel like Roddy's size, um, I think he has a, a little bit more playmaking ability. I just feel like he's more ready to compete on an NBA level right now. Um, I even project forward. I'm just intrigued by Roddy. Talked about that before, about his size and his potential skill set. You just don't see a lot of guys with that. So I just think he's more intriguing. And LaRavia – I'm, I'm still – I got some questions about him right now. I, I'm I'm not feeling good about him projecting long-term. Again, I know this is super early and preseason, and we, we have no idea what these guys are going to be, but I, I do have some concerns there. He was on, on my list, but I, I haven't been impressed by what I've I've seen from him so far. I'll, I'll say that. So, Candace, I'm, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Last year we saw this team. We saw the coaching staff. They were all in on Zaire. My he early in the season, he was one of the worst, if not the worst, rotational player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He had the injury, comes back, and he looks like a completely different player. Ends up playing really good, like earning playoff rotation minutes. Do you feel like we're gonna see that from one of these guys? Do you think that they're gonna do that with? LaRavia because of where they drafted him? Or do you think that because they drafted LaRavia and Roddy so close together that the leash is going to be shorter? I think the leash will be shorter because, it, cause it, I mean, while I, like they do seem to be pushing LaRavia, he seems to be getting a little bit more minutes. Roddy also seems to be, I think they would have liked to kind of disclude him for the rotation, generally speaking. But that hasn't been the case. Roddy hadn't let that be the case to this point. I also see him being able to progress a little bit more. And that's maybe just because I've seen him progress already. So in yeah. terms of sent from his first summer league game to now, I, he looks night and day. I mean, it was flipped. After the Utah summer league, everybody was saying Roddy doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look like, you know, he doesn't look like he really knows his place. And it was Arabia who looked great originally, especially that first game. It's completely switched. And Roddy's really been the one to continue on and build on that progression. If there's going to be somebody who's going to hedge it out with them being drafted so close at the end of the day, I think they're going to go best player because especially if you're talking about as the season progresses, it's going to get closer to playoff time. Jaron's going to be integrated back. 
they're going to want to get serious about making a playoff push and their schedule gets more difficult as the, as the season progresses as well. And that's a big factor. So I think whoever plays better when Jaron's injured is probably going to get those minutes. Yeah. I mean, this is the team that's trying to win. So they, you can't be messing around with politics and stuff like that. Whoever is the better player, eventually that's going to be the guy that, that needs to win out. You can't be playing a guy just because you, you feel like, oh, well, we gave up two picks to get him. We moved up, so we're just going to stick with him. Especially when you talk about they're still in such close proximity. Not like one of these guys is a first-round pick. The other one is a, a second-round pick. Uh, so, I, again, I, I, I project right now that Roddy probably ends up being that guy. But I think, as we've seen here early, I think they're going to give Arabia every opportunity to try to win that spot. I, I'm with Candace. I think they would have preferred for Roddy to kind of kind of separate himself on the on the negative end from Arabia to kind of him to be that hustle guy that they, they send down. But that hasn't been the case. They haven't separated themselves. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think they're going to give Arabia the shot early. But I think by the end of the year, we could see that last spot kind of be David Roddy. And I think there is some precedent to this. They didn't, they didn't insert – Killian Tilly and and Aldama just because now Zaire they traded up to get him but I also feel like towards the end he began to earn those minutes so I know in the beginning they sort of wanted to get some run I think they'll do the same thing here sometimes we'll see a rookie when maybe we should be seeing a rookie but I think at the end it's about who earns it and I, I think they focus on competition too much for it to be anything else yeah okay fair enough I uh I like. I also wonder if there's any chance that either of these guys surpass John Conchar whenever it comes yes. to rotation minutes. Uh, yes, you know the answer is yes. Something. No, I, I think long term, obviously that would be the goal. But do, does it happen this season? Probably. That's a yeah. You know, probably. it's not a high bar, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not not really a high bar. It's not a high bar, man. Because yeah, I, he, I like he, like Kenneth said, I love Jenny. Like I'm not. Jumping on Jitty at all, but I think Jitty is what he's been. I don't think he's any more than what we've seen—a spot player that can come in and when you need him to, he can he can be productive for you. But not a guy that you need to be dependent on night in and night out to have a specific role. I just I don't I don't think he's that guy. I mean, and it's not the, not a shot against him. I just consistently I don't think he's going to be able to give you what you need him to give you. That, that that's what I'll say. That and for them to have gotten rid of Anthony Melton and kind of kind of him kind of be a little bit of his replacement. I just don't think you're going to get that from him on a night in, night out base. There are going to be times where he looks good. I mean, we've seen games where he comes in, knocks down all these threes, gets these rebounds, and like, oh, Jitty, man, Jitty could have a bigger role. And then the next night, he comes in and doesn't do that. So, And I, and I think that's what you're you're going to see from him. I think it's going to be ebbs and flows with him. Yeah, so the in, inconsistent, maybe not in the manner that we saw from Melton, but but definitely some inconsistencies from him. Guys, I, th- I think we'll wrap it up. I don't know how long we've been going, but it feels like we've been going for a minute here. The Grizzlies are now two and two on the preseason. I'm still playing in the parade on Beal. I'm, I'm I'm still showing confidence in this team, even after they lost to uh, the Miami Heat's uh, bench squad, Jimmy Neutron, and uh, the New Trets. I guess we'll go with. I, I don't even know. Yeah, by uh, High Smith. High but, Smith uh, out there killing them, man. Yeah, you know. It, so somebody had to score the ball, and Duncan Robinson was that guy for the Miami yeah. Heat that night. It seemed like he couldn't miss. And then when he went off the floor, like Nikola Jovic was struggling at times. And then when uh, Robinson went to the bench, 
it seemed like in, in the fourth quarter there that Nikola Jovic just found a, a stretch where he was hitting everything. So yeah, man, he's um, going to be good, man. That's my guy. I, again, yeah, man, I hate yeah, man. him. I, I would love to have seen him here, man. Same. Yep. That's uh, the length, the size. Playmaking. We, we knew knew that he was going to be able to score. We knew that he was going to be a playmaker. The, the question is, and, and will be until he proves it wrong, is what's he going to provide defensively? And with, with that length, uh, all it's about is effort, man. You know, if, if he puts effort in on the defensive end, 6'10", plus wingspan, all he's got to do is give effort, and he can be serviceable out there. But we'll wrap it up again. 2-2 two and two on the uh, regular season final score of tonight's game, 109-105. to 105. Orlando Magic defeat the Memphis Grizzlies. We will be back uh, Thursday or Friday with a post game. We'll see how it goes. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I am at NBA Dwell two one. Yep, yep. You can find me on Twitter at Candace H nine hundred one. Candace H nine hundred one. Take us home, Isaac. Yeah, man. Grizzlies will be back on the floor. Their final preseason finale uh, up in the Motor City, taking on the Detroit Pistons. It's gonna be interesting. Hopefully, they play some of their guys, man. I like to see Jay Navi, uh, Jalen Duran. Obviously, has a lot of local interest here. Uh, I mean, they add a lot of pieces, man. Boyan Bogdanovich, they add to that team. That's going to be definitely a league pass team to watch this year, man. I'm going to be interested to see that team. I think they're going to be fun to watch. But hopefully the Grizzlies go up there and get a win and be interested to see if they play the starters again and kind of some of the things that we were talking about here during the program. But you can get me on Twitter at Isaac underscore underscore NBA. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore underscore NBA. And David said we'll be back Thursday or Friday with a post game. So go ahead and go Grizzlies. Uh, give us a like and a follow. We appreciate that. And until next time, we go. And that will conclude our Sports Ethos presentation. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.